in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the impetuous Glenn Stansberry. Ah, oh, impetuous. How did you uh, come upon the, that descriptor? Glenn, you brought a, uh, <laughs> a beer over here from Lincoln, Nebraska into my house. Uh, How dare you? A foolhardy <laughs> thing for someone to do. <clears throat> well, that was, it was impetuous. Knowing my uh, history with Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. That's that's a long story, Brian. Do we want to get into it now? Or? No, we could. We don't. Okay. We don't need to get into uh, we don't need to get into that. But uh, I'm just saying that uh, look, interesting move, Glenn. We'll see how it pays off. It's a bold choice. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get to that beer in a second, Brian. Right. I have uh, my reasons. Right. Well, one thing that's not impetuous, Glenn, is uh, the fact that you and I created uh, Gentleman.com. That was a very well thought out. Mm. And extremely long process of of thinking through details yep. and you know how architecture and all this stuff. Uh, it took us years. What was it like? Fifteen years in the making. Yeah. That gentleman when we when we finally made it. Now, when they click this, right? What should happen? Exactly. What should they feel? That like when the internet was coming along. Yeah, we were already conceiving of gentleman. We need a manly site. Exactly. Uh, so we we worked on that for uh, it was like our our life's work basically. Yeah. So that was not a fly-by-night impetuous decision by us. No. Uh, and what should be a non-impetuous decision by people to listen to this podcast, too, is to go to gentleman.com. Yes. Visit the site, click around on various things, and then once you've done that, you should spend hours of time going to podcast.gentleman.com, where you can listen to previous episodes, you can follow along with the links that we're going to talk about in this episode, uh, you can check out some previous beers that we've rated. You can go to the store and, and you know, like say we rate a beer really high or the MTS computer rates a beer really high. You can go to the store and get that beer. You can listen to the Gentleman Podcast episode and you can drink the beer with us uh, and agree or disagree with the MTS computer, um, et cetera. Well, I mean, that's that's foolhardy. You can't you can't really disagree with a strictly empirical award-winning like patent I disagree pending. with math. Right. I disagree with science. Facts. I disagree with facts. <laughs> <laughs> can't happen uh anyway glenn uh and maybe you do though and you disagree with that and if you want to you can disagree with that and you can get in touch with us send us a letter to p.o box 442-305 lawrence kansas 66044 we'll get your letter take your letter we'll talk about it if you disagree with it or if you agree if you somewhat disagree or agree i don't know maybe you disagree on one point agree on the other let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on the gentleman podcast. We'll put it up on the hall slash wall of fame, which we know is a wall of fame. We will discuss it further. We will uh, maybe we'll send you a little something back That's in right. return for yes. uh, for taking the time and effort to send us something. Uh, if you're too freaking lazy to send us a letter, which is really disappointing, frankly, I'm disappointed in you. But we're shaking our heads over here. We're shaking our heads. Uh, but if you need to, you can uh, send us a email howdyatgentleman.com. You can get in touch with us via uh, many social networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hot or not, Plurk, Snapchat. Uh, Hit me up on Skype. Farmers only, Skype, uh, Gchat, Slack. Um, 
Facebook stories. Instagram, Facebook stories. Instagram stories. Um, no, Instagram. What are they called? Moments? Amazon video chat. Yeah, Amazon. Chidio. <laughs> Microsoft. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, 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 what's the video game one where you watch people play? Oh, twerk. Twitch. Twerk. Twerk.com. <laughs> Uh, any of that stuff? Yes, we will. Uh, we will take your message on twerk dot com. Twerk. Uh, swipe right. Swipe right. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that's no, that's all squared away. Let's talk about the beer that you brought over to my house. Oh, all right. So you're right, Brian. I didn't look through all the facts about this brewery. Um, what drew me to uh, picking this? Uh, it's an alt beer. It's a copper alt beer. What's an alt beer? An alt beer is like a mix between a lager and a, a wheat beer. Oh, okay. Um, if I Learn something correctly. new every day. Yeah. And what really drew me to this is that in, uh, allegedly, this brewery Zipline, their copper alt beer won the 2015 uh, Great American Beer Festival gold medal for mm. German style alt beer. Okay. So, very specific there. Yeah, it's really, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much competition they had. Uh, it's not like they won the lager cap, you know, category, but um, yeah. So it's interesting. So I looked up this brewery. It's Zipline. It's based out of Lincoln, <coughs> Nebraska. And not my favorite town in the world. Nope. And it turns out they are brand spanking new, Brian. Mm. They started in 2012. Now, what are they? The first brewery that's done. I mean, they you know uh, breweries always have something. Like, we're the first one that's that's made a well copper based right. alternative. Well, let German me, look hell's. Baker beer, Brian. They don't. Okay, we so we got some biking going on. on the yeah, website. listen, they their thing like all these breweries are about like making beer, and theirs is about. Here's a quote from the website: We really want to make sure we're building friendships and relationships with the people that we're serving. Well, we better enjoy this because they're about to go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the people we're serving, they serve runners, cyclists, yogis. Um. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. This is kind of this is kind of out there in well, terms so of which, the, well, they runners, cyclists, yogis, and co-founders of gentlemen.com. Right, right. So, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I you know what we can we could read more. You can go to the website, the Zipline Brewery website, and read about the people who make this wonderful beer. Um, you can uh, they have a community mm. of some kind. Um, looks like a parking lot. With a tent. There's a tent there. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, we shouldn't poo poo too much on our brand. We, we can't. We can't let our glass. Our. our, our <laughs> the show. <laughs> with Let's just get it on. Yeah. <laughs> just, all right. Yeah. Quickly. Uh, the the beer is uh, all over the all over the MTS computer. Uh oh. That's gonna leave a mark. Uh, all right. The copper alt. Um, okay. 2015 winner of the Great American Beer Festival. German style alt beer, mm. a hybrid style of an ale. Sorry, an ale and a lager. Okay. Bronze hued brew goes down easy with subtle nuances of chocolate and hazelnut. Alcohol five point two percent. Right. Twenty six IBUs. It's mm. good. Number. So right, right, right a the sweet spot. Oh yeah, right in the power dome. Cheers. Power dome. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. It is actually pretty good. It's it's I can't figure it out. 
Yeah, it's a little shifty. Like Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> um, okay, Glenn. Well, I, you, yeah, somebody from Lincoln, Nebraska who's listening needs to write this wrong. Needs to make amends. Not make amends. Needs to uh, give you a good reason. Give you a reason to like Lincoln, Nebraska. The only thing good about Lincoln, Nebraska is Runza. <laughs> Wait, don't they have an Amigos? Oh, Amigos. Yeah. Amigos. There's two good things about uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Amigos. Amigos and Runza. Yes. Mm. Amigos is pretty good. Mm. I miss Amigos. Me Amigos. Uh, okay, Glenn, if you had to add a... Uh, off the top of your head, uh, uh, also the beer was nine ninety nine. Okay, Ooh, that's that's a little, well, a little steep. That'll that'll that. bring it down a couple yeah. notches. I didn't realize I was drinking with Rockefeller over here. Um, <laughs> What's money? Tim, yeah. It's just paper, right? Flows in and out of your life. Uh, okay, Glenn. So if you had just to uh, give us a rating, your own personal arbitrary rating on this beer that doesn't make any difference at all in the world, what right. would you uh, what would you say it was? I actually really like. I really like this beer for what it is. It is pretty good. I, I will give it that. It's hard to uh, look past the origin of it, but I would say that yeah, it's decent. It's decent. Um, I think I think it it's. I'm gonna give it an eight point one. Eight point one. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. I was gonna go seven point eight. Okay. So right. yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's. Oh, you say eight point one, and I said seven point eight. Yes. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, Glenn, that means uh, it's time to uh, have the empirical mustache twist scale computer weigh in on this. The impartial, empirical, scientific, algorithmic, machine learning computer that we built weigh in on this uh, beer. So we said that the uh, Zipline Brewing Company Copper Alt was a 5.2% alcohol mm-hmm. uh, by volume. It uh, is... It was nine ninety nine. Yes, this I'm um, t- t- typing this in here. So, okay, yeah. And then uh, what were the IBUs? The twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty six on the IBUs. Uh, five point two percent alcohol. Five point two. Yeah, we got we got that part of it. And, oh, yes. and they are located in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is very important. Uh, the MTS computer. Um, okay. I'm just gonna spit out like a three something. Well, you know, I don't know. We we have the algorithm. It's machine learning. It's gotten very smart. Uh, you know, I don't know. If, have you seen 2001: Space Odyssey? Uh, yeah, I have. Sometimes I'll be sitting in my living room, and the MTS computer will say hello to me, and I'm, I get a little bit nervous about hello, it. Brian. It almost feels like it knows a little bit too much. You know what I mean? Uh, so. Mm. Anyway, uh, all right, Glenn. Well, I got mm. the. It sounds like the MGS computer is done printing off um, okay. the report. Uh, I just gotta go grab it here, and I'll come back and uh, get. Okay, we got the <coughs> report here. All right, so we said. Uh, got to get the. Uh, let's see here. That's, that's, look, it doesn't matter what you and I say. All that matters is what the MTS. Computer says, and we're all oh, right. Man, just ah. okay. Uh, so, according to the MPS computer, the empirical mustache twist scale computer, uh, the zipline copper alt is a seven point nine five on the MPS scale. Okay. So, okay. Uh, right, a seven point nine five, mm-hmm. not quite an eight. Nope, not, not quite, quite an a seven point nine. Nope, but a seven point nine five. So it's it's slightly less than what I thought it would be. 
Slightly it's more. Slightly more than what you thought it would be. I thought, you know, being from Lincoln, Nebraska, would it would be a little huh. bit less than both of us. But, huh. you know, the MTS uh, computer knows all. Uh, Glenn, did you happen to look up what the beer snobs say about the uh, zipline? I uh, did. We yeah. do a little fact-checking. We have some fact-checkers. Yes. Um, except they're the opposite of fact-checkers. We are fact-checking uh, the fake news. Yes. The fake beer news. And um, beersnob.com is one of those fake beer news sites. Yes. Which... We'll just look at it anyway. Right. And wouldn't you know, Brian, the Copper Alt Zipline Brewing Company has scored an 87. Or I guess if you converted it literally to the MTS, it'd be around 8.7. Wow. Um, That's a... Talk about fake news. I don't know. It, people will believe anything on the internet these days. They will. Thankfully, uh, you have the mustache twist computer... To, that you can trust, believe in, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll set it straight. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these reviews, Brian, and they use completely... Beersnob.com uses a completely different set of criteria. Mm. Okay? They have look, look, as a, uh, a category here. Uh, smell? No, yeah. It smells like beer. Uh, taste. Okay. Feel. Feel. How do you feel when you drink it, or how does it feel in your mouth? We don't know. These are arbitrary values, and then they have an overall score. So this is what you're supposed to pick to get. Um, well, that's disappointing. I figured snobs would have better taste than that. I expected more from them. Yeah, you know, shame on you, beer snobs. Beersnob.com. Always reaching a new low with us. Well, anyway, Glenn, let's move on to some interesting posts from gentleman.com the last two weeks or so. Right. The meat of the episode, the, the, the reason why we're all here, Brian. Yes. And first up, we have a tack by our good buddy, Razorback. Razorback has been a stalwart member of our site, um, well, for as long as I can remember. For Brian. many time. For a long time. And Yes. And he posted something from NPR, which is quite interesting, um, and I had not heard about until... Gentleman broke it, of course. Right. Uh, breaking is, news. Right. Breaking news. Congressman Will Hurd, Beto O'Rourke. Wait. Okay. So it's two congressmen. Yeah. One of them is Will Hurd, and the other one's Beto O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. Uh, reached D.C. after a bipartisan road trip, and it turns out that these two congressmen are on different sides of the aisle. Brian. Yep. A Republican or Democrat. Right. Two Texas congressmen. And they, um, there was a snowstorm, and they had to make it back to Washington, D.C. And I don't think, obviously, they're in Texas, so a snowstorm didn't happen for them. But they, uh, it, it disrupted all travel plans, basically, across the United States. Right. But they were so far away, there was no way they were going to get flights. So they decided... 1,600 miles. 1,600 miles. They decided... Planes, trains, and automobiles. This it. is exactly... I was just going to say, it reminds me exactly yep. of the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. So they rent a car, and uh, John Candy... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Beto Aurora. Beto. Uh, so they get in the car. It's a Chevy Impala for those playing along at home. Okay. Um, and it started out like they started out, you know, they're talking about, you know, things that, you know, they kind of scratching the surface about each other's lives. You know, like, well, what do you think about this? And then they start talking about, you know, they get deeper and deeper and they start talking about politics and they start talking about donuts and they start, you know, I mean, these are, these are the, the- hard heating topics. Mm-hmm. And then it said, the article says, the NPR article says that by the end of the trip, they're talking about planning Thanksgiving dinners together. Right. Um, 
Which is, I think, how that worked out in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, right? Basically, yeah. Wasn't yeah. there a Thanksgiving dinner? So, the, you know, the article says that they basically, they're a little bit standoffish at the start. Mm-hmm. But 1,600 miles in a car together, uh, well, you know, you're going to really find out who somebody is. That's right. And uh, I think they found out that their party affiliations don't matter as much as their human you know, traits that they share. People are more alike than they'd like to believe. Uh, and uh, they they use Facebook Live to uh, to broadcast a lot of it. They had a lot of comments. A lot of people were angry at first. A lot of angry political comments that eventually gave way as the trip went on to, uh, I think, some genuine uh, people that thought it was really cool that these guys were, were doing this and a uh, smart thing to do. What I took away from this, Glenn, is that we have the power as you know uh members of this democracy to get things done in washington we have to appeal to our senators our congressmen i feel like we should make republicans and democrats yep get in cars Mm -hmm. and drive across the united states together Mm -hmm. in cars they have to pair off randomly we'll just republican and democrat in a car Make them drive across the United States. Yes. Stop at, you know, different places and, you know, learn about people in different states, mm-hmm. you know, and talk through things. Yes. And, you know, get to know each other. I think that could be a real, that could be a game changer. I really respect these guys because they, they're really taking a, there's a lot of good parts of this story, but they're, they're, first of all, they're, they're willing to get together. Yeah. Take take a car together, mm-hmm. talk about things together, and then put it on social media and broadcast it, and take comments and talk about those comments, and really make a transparent democracy kind of thing go. You know, I, I love their sense of humor. Like yeah. they, had a, they had a real nice sense of humor about everything. They, they they didn't take themselves too seriously. That I guess when they rolled into the so you know this became a thing as they were driving. People news right. outlets picked up on it. Right, and I guess the senate the senate. Somebody in the Senate was going to like hold a spot for them because they 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 barely made it just in time for the vote. Right, rolled the car in right before six o'clock. Okay, so they're they're getting there to vote on something. Yes. Right? Okay. So there's like an important vote that's going to happen. Okay. They're like, we got to make this. So oh, so they hopped in the car together. Yeah. To go. So right. as they're driving, the social media you know picks up and everybody's kind of hearing about this thing. Mm-hmm. And when I guess when they pulled up, they. Uh, <laughs> they, said, they blared something on the radio with the windows. <laughs> Well, I gotta find it here. I know that they were both alternating, picking different tunes on the radio. Yes, that they were. Which, yeah, w- w- this always an interesting thing when you're sharing a radio with somebody on their, on a long trip. The final countdown. The final <laughs> countdown. That's a that that's a really good choice. Uh, that's that's a really good choice. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, I think, like I said, I believe that more. I feel like Democrats and Republicans should get together in this country. And work together to make this place better. Yes. And getting in a car for 1,600 miles, that's a good way to get get it done. I tell you what, you, I, that'd uh, squelch a lot of div, uh, divisiveness. I think know? so. If you're a representative of the people, yep. I feel like you could get in a car with somebody from across the aisle mm-hmm. and get along with them and learn to communicate and uh, get things done. Play Final Countdown. Play Final Countdown. Everybody can come together over playing Final Countdown as you're rolling into the entrance music as you're rolling into a venue. <laughs> Everybody should be able to get behind that, Glenn. 
Oh. Uh, and everybody should be able to get behind the next story that we're going to talk about, uh, which is posted by our good friend on your keister, another Star Wars of the Gentleman community. And hands down, top five in names, member names. On your keister, that's great. On your keister is a fantastic social media name. It really is. And uh, should be trademarked by on your keister immediately because I'm going to steal it if he doesn't. Uh, but this is called Women. <laughs> This is called Woman Gives Man Trophy for Doing the Right Thing. Uh, and this is a little story about uh, a, a woman that is a product designer. Her name is Yvonne Lin. And uh, she's about eight months pregnant. And she had to take a two-hour train ride every day to work. Right? So she, she went after going through being pregnant once. This is her second time being pregnant. Um, she, she was curious. Like... Uh, being very pregnant, she was she was wondering like uh, sometimes she gets on the train and all the seats are filled, and uh, she was wondering how long it would take like if she was late on a train before somebody would offer their seat up for her. Mm-hmm. It happened with women; women would would see she was pregnant and offer a seat up, but how long would it take a man to like recognize that she might need her seat and mm-hmm. offer the seat up? And it turns out it took a little bit of time. Um, it's kind of sad. It is surprising and sad um so finally she boarded the train one day and and this guy ricky barksdale which is a great name by the way uh (laughs) she said he was staring at his phone he looked up looked around and was like oh my gosh you're pregnant you need to have a seat and so he got up and gave her a seat and uh, that's when she gave him this trophy that she had made which looks like uh the incredible hulk ripping his shirt off (laughs) And, and it says uh Number one decent dude, first man to offer subway seat to pregnant woman throughout two pregnancies. Um, so they asked the, <laughs> they asked Ricky about this after the whole thing, uh, and he was like, you know, it was a nice gesture of her, uh, but it's also sad for my male c- counterparts to allow something like this to happen. Uh, he said, if you clearly see a visible pregnant woman, you're okay to stand up. She needs that more than you do. <laughs> Uh, speaks for itself. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty obvious quote, and uh, I'd like to think that I would probably always do that, man. But I'm from a, I'm not from a right. a big town. I'm not from a New York train riding town. Right. But when Washington I am, Heights. like I I try I tend to you know always do that. She looks pregnant too. There's yeah. no mistaking. She's like, very pregnant. Yeah. She, um. But anyway. But so. even like I don't know. Yeah. I always thought it was common courtesy like. Even if it's just, you know, somebody older than you or yeah, somebody exactly. right. younger than you right. or, yeah, you know. Is that a Midwestern thing? I don't know. I, cause we don't have trains. I, we don't have trains. <laughs> so, but, when, but when in yeah. New York or wherever, yeah. like, I always do that. Yeah. Like, by default, it's like if, if, if an older person or somebody that clearly needs to sit down right. boards and you're in the seat, you get up and you. Right. Or you're just I, being polite. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, or I don't know. There's, I think there's probably been times where, you know, maybe somebody has a heavy backpack, right? I'm like, you know, here yeah. you go, put it here. You know, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It seems like just common sense. Uh, so anyway, but, but anyway, point is, it's very cool that you know she was she was curious about this and that Ricky rose to the occasion and uh, did the right thing and uh, you know. I don't know if a trophy was necessary, but my, my my question is: Why do you work 
two hours away from where you. I guess this is a, this is this is a thing that I've never had to worry about in my lifetime. Yeah. Thus far, right? I guess when you live in New York City, major metropolitan areas, yeah. your commute might be two hours. Well, people get on the train and and do that. Uh, being eighty months pregnant and having to be on a train and people not offering you a seat. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, well, well, well done, Ricky. Uh, I guess <laughs> being yeah. Beating mediocrity. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to, you know. Yeah. It was great that he did this. Did the right thing. That's right. He and did it. He should be commended for that. When others didn't. And the people that didn't. Shame on you. Shame on you. Exactly. For shame. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well, the last thing we're going to talk about, speaking of shame, uh, a gentleman member, Lachriv. <laughs> the V is silent? Is it just kind of yeah. guttural? Or Yeah, exactly. It's okay. real deep down L- in there. Lachriv has posted um, a Business Insider article, which is I thought was very... It was eye-opening, Brian. Yes. Um, and depressing. Yes. Um, so we'll talk about it last. Uh, the peak age for beauty, wealth, and more. Mm-hmm. And what Business Insider has done has, as they want to do, uh, take a bunch of studies and loosely <laughs> quote <laughs> quote them... They put them together in a handy graphic. They did. That tells you it's too late to learn a new language. If you're listening to this podcast, yep. let me tell you all the things you can't do mm-hmm. if you're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's too late to learn a new language. Mm-hmm. Your brain processing power is 12 years overdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't remember new names. Your life satisfaction is done for. Has been. Uh, your muscle strength is bad. Yep. Uh, you cannot find a partner for marriage. Uh, you're probably not going to run a marathon. Your bone mass sucks. Uh, you're not good at playing chess, and you're re- forgetting faces. If you're listening to this podcast, more than yep, more than likely. Uh, sorry about all that stuff. Here's the um. good news. <laughs> um, your liklihood of winning a Nobel Prize probably is, still half and half. Right, at forty is the average chance. age. Yeah, yeah, so maybe yeah. Um, Nobel Prize uh, salary salary uh, still probably going 48 up. Forty eight average, probably fine. Um, you know, your arithmetic. Uh, you could probably still have a good peak for understanding people's emotions. But hang on, Brian. Is this a typo? Uh, life satisfaction, again. At 69. 69, dude. 69 years old. So you still have probably like 30 years to, um, if you're listening to this podcast, you still have like 30 years to increase your life satisfaction. So there's like a, there's like a deep trough. Okay, you, you hit 23 and you're like, life is great. And then it's downhill. And then Except it for just a few, yeah. But it dips up a little bit at 69. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, hap- this is one that really caught me by surprise. Happiness with your body, 74. 74. That seems counterintuitive. I'm trying to think what I'm going to be happy about when I'm 74 and I'm looking in the mirror. Um. I mean, I'm already not like ecstatic. It all comes down so. to one, one thing, you know. All the you got all these points of data, and then by then, by 74, your your points of data come down to one, one point. Points of data are you know, yeah, falling. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I uh, moving off that topic. I I I understand where they're coming from on this. This, yeah. is, this is very loose scientific yeah. data. It's uh, basically not true. It's, yeah, it's basically not true. <laughs> um, 
Life is what you make it. Life is what you make it. But uh, I, I've read about this, particularly this Nobel yeah. prize-winning discovery thing. I've read about this before. There's this whole theory statistically that you know, uh, prior to age forty or something like that, people are predisposed to making their big discoveries and blah blah blah. Uh, it's statistically, that's kind of a shady uh, gray area about whether or not that's true. There's a lot of factors that actually yeah, is it correlation or causation? Well, yeah, there, there's a lot of factors that 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 would influence that. Um, you know, uh, so I guess it, stuff like salary, that's more of a measurable kind of thing. Yeah. Whether or not you're going to make a Nobel Prize discovery, uh, that's limited data. That's hard to, that's hard to deal with. Uh, you know, life satisfaction again. So we're coming back to things that are, they basically did surveys, <laughs> surveys to decide that these factors were, um, the peak ages. So there's some, you know, fallible data here, but. Uh, it makes for an interesting article, uh, something interesting to look at, and something to uh, to reflect on as you get older in it, your life. It's clickbait. Uh, you have you what you have to look forward to ultimately in your life is that your psychological well being peaks at age eighty two. That's right. So uh, your life sucks now. Your psychological well being blows, <laughs> but at age eighty two, it's gonna be pretty good. Um, so you got that to look forward to. Well, okay. One thing I think, Brian, that we can, uh, that a lot of our listeners will be uh, happy about in light of this mostly depressing article. Yeah. Is that while women are most attracted to men at age 23, men's attractiveness to women seems to get better with age. And that is based on data. Well, that I, yes. I mean, okay. When I'm strutting around, Brian, mm. um,. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that really—that's a bad example. I gotta go to the I, bars. See you, Glenn. Put out the vibe. <laughs> gonna go put out the vibe. Yeah, um, the guy. Okay, OK Cupid, the uh, the co-founder of OK Cupid, wrote a book about um, the data from the dating their dating site to answer questions about love, dating, and relationships, and found that uh, as men get older, um, their preference for twenty-something women seem to stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> However. <laughs> Uh, women on in their twenties tended to like slightly older men, a year or two older than they were, and women in their thirties tended to like men a few years younger than them. So really, that doesn't. <laughs> so I'm screwed. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah. So that was actually kind of misleading. On yeah. that note, let's uh, move right along to something else. It was a great article, though. Thank you, Lachrive, <laughs> and your. Insightful tack. That's true. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the gentleman toast this week, Glenn. Mm. Ooh. And uh, this is a... Uh, this is tough for both of us. This is a heartfelt uh, toast that I have for mm. uh, someone that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, this is a little toast. It's uh, to Frank Martin, mm. uh, NCAA basketball coach at South Carolina now. Upset about that. Used to be uh, coach at K State. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, got run out of town. My K State Wildcats. He got run out of town for being too damn good. That's right. And uh, now, how many times does that happen to us? Now, um, Frank is over at South Carolina. They he took South Carolina to the first Final Four in the school's history uh, over the last week, and uh, he just he just keeps on winning. He just he can't he can't not win, and. Uh, you know, while he's at K State, got a lot of guff for being uh, hardcore, maybe being too tough on kids, being too hard on uh, 
on on youths these days. Yeah. Uh, but the guy gets results. Took K State to an elite eight for the first time in thirty years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, took South Carolina to the first Final Four ever. Um, yep. Players love him. People love him. Uh, and he's got a great story. He, he's he, yeah. He's uh, uh, his great or his his grandmother immigrated from Cuba uh, to Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember he he talked about you know he thinks about his work ethic. Somebody was asking him about that, and and he was saying that. You know, his grandmother came from Cuba, and she sewed for twelve hours a day, just to you know be able to put food on the table uh, for his mom, and that's where he learned his work ethic from. Um, Man, so tremendous uh, story. You know, somebody that that uh, just wanted a chance in the basketball world, um, and had some some people give him a break in high school, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Huggins, uh, Bob Huggins gave him an assistant job uh, after uh, a couple different breaks he got and then uh, came the head coach at K-State and then moved on to South Carolina and has been doing great things. Uh, and I really appreciate the guy from his time at K-State. It's done a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a good person. Good, you know, you just love having him be the face of your program. And, mm. uh, and so, uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I... Uh... I'm. I, it's bittersweet for me because my team isn't in the Final Four, and uh, Frank is right. So it's bittersweet for you because he used to coach your team, right? And my team's not in it. But right. uh, the thing about Frank Martin that will never, ever leave me, Brian, is um, okay. So when when Frank was coaching at K State, Brian mm-hmm. uh, so kindly took me to a couple of K State basketball games oh yeah namely brian likes to take me to k-state ku basketball games where k-state right beats ku right. at k-state yes and i get called names right and it's a lot of fun for brian yeah um exactly. yeah and anyway at one of these beatdowns that i went to um emotional and you know score wise mm-hmm. uh we were sitting probably gosh your seats were probably two-thirds up i mean yeah, it was way a ways up, up yeah and the game would be going on, and people would be yelling and you know cheering and everything. And there would be, and you could hear Frank stomping the court. Right. Yeah, he had a stomping thing going on there. It yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah, the loudest stomp. It is, it, it, and it was not like you faintly heard it. It's like it cut through everything. Right. It was the only thing that you could you knew what it was that right. was going on. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He must have like. Clown shoes that he wears. I think, yeah, with, I think he does. With yeah. hammers in the bottom of them. Right. Yeah. It was unbelievable. He yeah. just so much passion and emotion. He does. Yeah, he does have the passion. Uh, I felt bad for the floor. I yeah, me too. I uh, I will say that I'm super happy for this guy. I think he totally deserves this stuff. I'm really, you know, I, I couldn't be happier for somebody. There's no one that probably deserves this more than Frank Martin to be in the Final Four. I'm I'm just. I don't know. I'm really happy about it. I, I wish he was doing it at K State, but this guy deserves everything he's getting, which is which yeah. is a lot of success. And uh, you know, uh, th- there's nobody better out there in the Final Four that 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 you know. Th- this is what March Madness is all about. It is the storyline. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the person that you know uh, normally wouldn't be in the spotlight like this, like Frank Martin, mm-hmm. and he's you know he's on USA Today. He's getting you know Good Morning America. He's on you know all these programs and 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 well deserved you know so 
Yeah, he. I miss him being in our conference, Brian. I miss <laughs> his press conferences. He might be back in our conference. For Whoa! Months. What are you? What are you hitting at there, Brian? Word on the street is uh, Texas might be a little bit unhappy with Shaka. Well, Shaka to the system. Yeah. Ooh. Real man. <laughs> How crazy would that be? Oh man! I when you when you make it around to the Final Four, great hire, and a lot of programs start to take a. Shaka made a run of the Final Four. Yeah. But not in a Power 5 conference. Well, anyway, Glenn. Uh, so, to Frank Martin. To Frank. To Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. Man. Just, I just, I will never forget anyone's... I, I, I was just so amazed. I don't even remember if I remembered anything else out of the game. Other he's than, got like, some, you know, he's got some... He's gonna have he's gonna have problems like that is gonna think, hurt him. I think he I think he toned down the stomping after he left K State. You know, he got a little older, a little, you know, a little yeah, more, a little less stomp, a little, uh, a little softer stomp in circumstance. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the uh, hot and button topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, uh, there's some little news out of a place called Oakland. Oh yes. Um, Oakland, California. There is a new Raiders team in town, and that is the Vegas Raiders. The, except not that new, because it's going to be a couple years at least, right? It's like 2020 or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... This is the latest in the turn. So we had, like, last year we had St. Louis right. go to L.A. L.A. Yes. L.A., I believe? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, this year we have the Oakland Raiders going to Las Vegas. Um, and the I think the difference is, like, I don't know how long. Okay, so I don't know how long uh, they were in, the Rams were in St. Louis. I don't. I don't really. Know. I think like at least twenty years, twenty years or something like that. So quite a while. And then they moved back to LA. Yeah, because they were from like that. The, they're from Cal- uh, California. I think. I think so. I think it's like they. Ca- I'll look it up while you're talking. I don't know. But so the Raiders, you know, they're originally in Oakland. They moved to LA for like five years, and then they moved back to Oakland, and now they're moving to Las Vegas. Oh, okay. So they were in 1994. The Rams went from California to St. Louis. Okay. Okay, so they were in L.A. from 1951 until 1994. And they moved back. Yeah. So they moved, they moved okay, back so to they L.A. they moved back to L.A. So it's not quite as right. a far shot as Oakland. Right. Well, Oakland was in Oakland, and then they moved to, like, somewhere in California. Like Los Angeles, I think. Yeah. And then they moved back to Oakland. Right. In the 90s. Right. Now they're moving to Las Vegas. Yes. Um, That's shaking the system up a little bit, right? So uh, now we have the the Vegas Raiders as opposed to the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> it's such a weird. It is bizarre. It doesn't seem weird. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, and you're you're a bigger pro football yes. guy than I am. Yes. You're a big Chiefs fan. That's right. One of the biggest rivalries they have is the the Raiders. Oakland Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. AFC West. All right. Okay. And the the Raiders haven't really been that. Up until this year, like this year, they started to become pretty relevant, mm. um, very relevant actually, right. in, in the top of the division. So right. it's always it's usually been like Denver, 
Kansas City towards the top, and then mm-hmm. the Raiders kind of in the mix. But the Raiders, like, they have – it is a fact that they have the worst fans. Right. Um, everyone agrees upon this. Yes. Um, I, I've i known people that they've gone to Raiders games, like, with their Chiefs stuff on, mm-hmm. and their friends – like, they went with friends who were Raiders, and like, no, 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 no. Right. Like, Don't you can't – you, you, you cannot – we're, we can't take you like this because right. it's not going to be in our hands. Like, right. what happens? Right. And they're not joking. Like, they're like, seriously, <laughs> please, dear God, wear something like a neutral color or black or something because right. I we can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, anyway, so Raiders fans are, are, are easy to hate is what right. I'm getting at. Okay. Um, so I, I, in, my, in my heart, it makes me happy when they do bad. Right. Um, but the rivalry is great. But then moving to L.A. is bizarre. Vegas. Moving to Vegas. I'm sorry. Then moving to Vegas. There was talk of them moving to L.A. Mm. Um, and then there was going to be two L.A. football teams. But anyway. So they moved to, they're moving to Vegas. Provided that I heard recently that Oakland is actually like the city of Oakland's like, no, well, we got another plan to maybe keep them. But mm, no, I think this is the, the done deal. This is this, yeah, this is done. This is in the books. Yeah. So the biggest thing I've heard about this is, or the biggest uh, question mark about this is, when people go to Vegas, they don't go to Vegas to watch football. They go to Vegas to do everything but watch football. And so, will it work? Like, are there other pro teams that do well in Vegas? Not really. Yeah. Anyway, wow. it'll be interesting to watch. Right. Um, yeah. I I look forward to their demise. I think, I think this is going to work. I yeah. really do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, they're moving to Vegas, and it's not like they're moving to, you know, some weird, you know, like Salt Lake City or something right. like that. You know, they're uh, the the thing that I saw was like uh, the one analogy somebody was making was Disney bought the angels or something like that. And they were hoping that Disneyland being an hour away from the angel stadium, Mm -hmm. people would go to a baseball game if they showed up at the angel. That is completely different than being in Vegas and going into an NFL game. Right. It, it, like if you're in Vegas and and you have the opportunity to go to an NFL game, right. Maybe your team's playing. Yeah. I'm going to go like, the Chiefs? Yeah, we can go to Vegas and right. go hang out in Vegas and then go to the Chiefs, Chiefs game. game. Exactly. I think it's. I think you're right. It's completely different. I, I feel like it's really like the people that are like, yeah, this is going to work, the tourism thing with the, the NFL team. If it's in Vegas, that's the one place it's going to actually work. Yeah. No place else with the tourism thing and blah, right. blah, blah. But how many people... Think about how many teams, fans of, like, you know, 100,000 people go to these games. Yeah. Like the Chiefs. 100,000 people in the stadium. Yeah. Uh, away game with the Raiders. You know, oh, yeah, we can get a, a, a flight over the to Las Vegas for a few hundred bucks. Right. We can go gamble. We can hang out. Right. We can make a weekend of it. And then mm-hmm. we can go on Sunday. We can go watch mm-hmm. the Chiefs play the Raiders. No problem. You know? There's not any other pro teams in Vegas, right? No. I, okay. No, 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 That's no, no, the no. thing. No, there's no other no, pro teams. No, I mean, like... Pro basketball. No. Pro, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. There's the UNLV football team. Right. Which is going to share the stadium. Which is also interesting because <laughs> what I thought was odd was that the stadium only holds 65,000 people. 
the, the new stadium they're going to build, it's like a $2 billion stadium. They're going to build 65,000 people. The Kansas City Stadium holds like 100,000 people, right? I think it's 80-something. Okay. 85, maybe. All something right. Like that. Well, so, okay, yeah. But your point right. is still the same. It's like 20% less. Right. 25% less. So their new stadium's going to hold 65,000 people, but it's like a $2 billion stadium, and it's heavily subsidized by the city. Yeah. Uh, and that was an interesting thing as well. Um, people were talking about the Buffalo Bills, and they were basically saying they're next on the chopping block yeah. of, like, if you want to pay your play... You're going to have to move that franchise. The Bills are going to have to go to some other town besides Buffalo because they have this aging stadium. It's, you know, was built in the 70s. It's outdated. They've got to move it. They've got to build a new flashy stadium because that's right. what everybody else is doing. Right. And what I think is interesting about this is that KU, which is your team, has this aging stadium Allen Fieldhouse <laughs> new one this old oh. stadium from the 1950s mm. you know what i mean well it's like a it's like a cathedral in basketball exactly yeah but see that's what they're losing yes. by doing this you know what i mean like yeah. you could sit there and say that right right they need to oh buffalo needs to build this new stadium or they're going to lose it and they need to build a new something in some other big city town or whatever. But the most important part, I would say like the, one of the most important parts about KU's basketball program is that they never got rid of the old stadium. They yeah. kept it. They made it better. And yeah. they they thrive on that. Yeah. That, that stadium. They, they sidestep some uh, fire codes. It, <laughs> it brings everybody together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a classic college basketball venue. Family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's 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 an important lifeblood of, of the of the KU basketball program. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think that. So I think when these these this idea that oh you got to build this new stadium and everything like that, mm. I, I kind of start wondering about the Green Bay Packers. You know, what I mean, that's another exactly. kind of like I don't know much, too much about NFL, but like I think about Green Bay and their tradition and and you know all that stuff and tradition. Could, yep. could you imagine? Green Bay moving the Packers, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The Packers to Miami or, right. you know, uh, yeah. Washington, D.C. or, you know. Cheese with milk. Yeah. Well, know? I mean, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> how do you how do you uproot a franchise right. and say, oh, it's fine. We're just going to move it to, you know, we would move to Las Vegas. We're just going to move it to, you know, like, I don't know, Hawaii. We're going to move the Packers to Hawaii. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's like, what? at what point is... Because the fans, you know, uh, it's like one of us going and, and saying, like, we're going to move the Kansas Jayhawks. We're going to move them to uh, Georgia. Yep. That'd be a problem for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think I think you hit the nail on the head with the tourism thing. Because everybody says, oh, everybody wants to go to Vegas to be in Vegas. It's like, no, everybody's already in Vegas. Exactly. Also, the climate is awesome in the winter, yep. which is when football's played. Right. Um, and I think, I think if they do it right. Also, I would, when they when I heard about the smaller stadium, I immediately thought of Sporting Kansas City Park. Yeah. Um, which is where Sporting Kansas City's local soccer team, mm-hmm. uh, usually a top rank, you know, upper tier soccer team. Um, in terms of MLS, and they and if you go to MLS, like I'm not a big MLS fan. Like I, I watch it; it's fun to watch every right. now and again. But when you go to a game, it's a lot of fun because yeah. of the stadium. It's like compact, right? 
and everybody's excited and they right. put a lot of money into it. Right. So they have a smaller venue, but an expensive venue. Yeah. And it kind of sounds a lot like what they're trying to do. I imagine that the, the, the tech is just going to be wild yep. in LA or yeah. in, sorry, in Vegas, <laughs> in Vegas. Yeah. Um, I would love to go to a game. I would love to go to a Raiders game in Las Vegas. Well, some, maybe I won't get killed this time. Somebody I was listening to on the radio uh, said that they're, uh, you know, they already have the hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. They already have the capacity to deal with infrastructures there. Exactly. Yeah. Huge amounts of tourism. It's not going to be a headache. You know, relatively cheap flights. You can fly in, be at the hotel that you're going to stay at. There's a lot of options for that. You can have fun going to you know the casinos down on the strip, and then mm-hmm. when you want to go to your game, you go to the game, and it's not that far away. So all the stuff's already kind of taken care of. Um, so it becomes more like a destination thing where it's not like just like you're just going there to see the game, or you're just going there right. to, to to hang out. I mean, it, I definitely see the tourism thing working out in a way that's very special for Las Vegas because Las Vegas is one of the only places on the planet that has what they have, which is you know, legal gambling. Yep. Uh, the the infrastructure around all the huge around casinos. That stuff. The cas- yeah, everything. The rail system that they put exactly. Up. Yeah. yeah, it's all going to be built in together to to work together, and it's going to be a compelling package to to sell the fans. I mean, it, it that's going to be a pretty expensive and and cool thing to go do, but it'll be totally worth it. I mean, I would love to you know catch a catch an NFL game in Vegas. You know, like that that would. That, that's more of a draw to me than yeah. going to Vegas and gambling and stuff. Like, yeah, like going cool. to Oakland. So, yeah, but like, you know, if you could like you add possibly going to an NFL game on top of that, that's a that's a that's a substantial little chair you're gonna throw on there to to uh, visiting Las Vegas. So yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good move. I feel bad for Oakland because like yeah. It, you know, there's no sense of that was their thing. Yeah, there's no yeah. sense of loyalty at all anymore. I thought yeah. it was interesting that Miami was the only team that voted against them uh, moving. Uh, Miami Dolphins? said the Dolphins. Yeah. The, the they said that they were against. They they feel like moving should be the last option, and they and they felt like uh, you know that that the city of Oakland should be given every chance to keep that franchise there, and mm. if that does not work out at the you know, very end of it, then moving is an option, but it should be the last thing on the table. I mean, my this is not a surprise, though, because Miami's the franchise that brought us Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> yeah, right. So they know a winner when they see one. That's true. That's true. They, Dan uh, Marino? Exactly. The heavy heavy hitters over there in Miami. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, so that was, there was one franchise that, that, that voted against it, and it was Miami, and that, and that was the reason they gave very, very noble thing to say but uh, unfortunately money talks and that's really what it comes down to i think i mean i i don't really understand the ins and outs of moving nfl franchises and why you go to one city or the other but uh vegas seems probably pretty enticing for anyone to move to so. it, it looks like a win for both sides i mean vegas you know not to belabor this point too much but i mean vegas is going to win because they're going to have football people like me who wouldn't normally go to vegas go yep. to vegas and be like well i'm here yep Let's go hit the strip. Right. Or, you know, people who, uh, you know. And then the other spectrum of people already there, like, what else can we do while we're here? Right. That won't lose me so much money. Right. <laughs> well, and it's good for UNLV. They, they get a, yeah. their football stadium is going to be shared with an NFL team. I mean, that's a, you know, yeah. that's good for. That could, that could be worse. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay. Well, yeah, they've, they've been talking it, 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 locally, they've been talking about the Chiefs 
building the stadium or putting some roof that retracts and goes over both the baseball st- anyway there's a, there's always pressure for teams to yeah. update and renovate yeah. and build new stadiums and right. so win win i think for i hate to admit it cuz i hate the raiders but man i would that'd be fun to go watch a raiders game raiders chiefs game in oakland or I, in yeah. oakland <laughs> In Las yeah, Vegas. I would, go, I would go in Vegas. I would go to. Uh, I would go watch probably any, like if I was in College Vegas, game? I'd be like, if it was an NFL game, I'd I'd go check out an NFL game. They're going to be a lock for a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So they're talking about maybe like you know um, Super Bowls. Yeah, being there and you know they've got the infrastructure hmm. for all that stuff. You yeah, know. even though it's a smaller stadium, smaller stadium, but you know it's Vegas hotels <laughs> and all yeah. that stuff. You know. Um, and people just go to Vegas just to be in Vegas for an excuse. So yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, all right, Glenn. Well, we got that figured out. Okay. Yes, oh, man. Every so week it's move. so hard to I know. to tackle these issues, but uh, these are the days of our lives. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, well, that means it's time for the final segment, which is the question from the gentleman mailbag. And this week, there's two things we need to cover, Glenn. Huge, huge things. We talked about um, a couple weeks ago our annual uh, high stakes, high stakes, high stakes betting match that we do on the uh, on the tournament and uh, our NCAA bracket pool. That's right. Which consists of me and you. That's right. Uh, And I was going to revisit this and see like where we're at, Mm. Uh, like who won the the wings bracket challenge because me and glenn bet one singular thing on this mm-hmm. challenge and that is a basket of wings from henry t's yes historically brian believes that he is you know uh the champ i am. at this at this statistically uh, speaking there used I to am. be a third member yeah to this challenge right and due to geographical reasons has bowed out Right. Um, he cannot partake of Henry T's wings so easily. So that means there are just two. There, the, and then there were two. And there were two. And uh, those this, two usually turns out to be one. Well, we'll see about that. Last year we had a side bet on top of our uh, that was foolhardy. regular bet. It was, um, because Brian would have won wings, but, I but they got canceled by the side bet. Right. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Much like this year's tournament, Brian, yeah. our brackets... Or it's going to come down to the wire. Neck and neck. So Glenn and I, we, bo- we both independently fill out brackets. Uh, we, the, the final four has not played out yet. That's right. Uh, but we have exactly tied. Uh, to the point. To the point. Our, we are exactly tied. Uh, we went through our point uh, process, and we are at... <sighs> going into the final four, we were both tied at 60. So... Glenn, but the thing is, I have North Carolina uh, going to the national championship game. And if that Mm, takes place... I'm destroyed. There's no chance. There's no chance. I will be the the ultimate winner of this round. And I feel the last two... you, uh, the last bracket challenge. <laughs> so, uh, of the last, okay, yeah. So, all right. Anyway, it all comes down to it, it, what have you done for me lately? Lee? It all comes yeah. down to this weekend. We're going to find out what happens. It does. Uh, if in fact North Carolina gets knocked out, which yeah, which is a very real possibility. It's going to come down to the 
winning scorer right. of the national championship game. I'm, I'm shooting for our defensive battle. And I'm uh, shooting for an offensive slugfest. Slugfest. So, so anyway, we'll see. We'll see. We're going to update. We'll You've been asking. Weeks, you yeah. know, two weeks. We'll, we'll let you know for sure. We'll know this weekend who's what's what. That's right. We'll get it done. Uh, okay, Glenn. Uh, finally, uh, I was going to ask about uh, Razorback posted a great topic to the parlor on gentleman.com. And it was, uh, what are we, what are we working on this spring? What spring forward? You know, what, what, what projects are you getting done this spring? Uh, Glenn, and there's been a, a little bit of discussion about this, but it's something that, you know, felt like we should talk about on the podcast. It is. Um, so Razorback's post springing forward, uh, basically says, you know, now that the days are longer, the weather's getting nicer. Yep. What do you got lined up? Right. What's next? Mm-hmm. Yep. in Latin. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's some, there's some great responses here. Um, I guess me personally, and I, and I replied with this as well. I have a lot of stuff that I have to do every year that I, I don't like you know, outside, you know, trimming stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, the usual yard work. But yeah. there is this one thing that I've been wanting for a really long time, uh, wanting to learn more about, and that's an espresso machine. Um, so I've had my eye on an espresso, espresso machine for like four years. Right. And I finally found one on eBay refurbished <laughs> by the company. Okay. So they're reselling it on eBay. So I picked it up like for 30% of the normal price. Hmm. So anyway, I got it for a fraction of the price. So I did it. I pulled the trigger and I'm learning how to pull a good espresso shot. Okay. And it's, there's surprisingly a lot of, it's like a, there's a lot to it. Hmm. And I don't know. I like doing stuff like that. I think you're kind of the same way with, with pizza and with the, uh, yeah, you know, trying get to, to the bottom of exactly. Do, yeah, I don't. I don't just don't want to buy something and be like, okay, I can do this now, and then make it and be mediocre at it. I want to like figure identify it out, identify the ins and outs of it. So, how, how, what what kind of what kind of coffee do you ground your own? All that stuff, like. Well, Brian, it turns out that my coffee grinder actually won't grind it fine, fine okay. enough. Okay, I was wondering about that. Yeah. So, and that was like really disappointing because mm. <laughs> we we had ours break. Uh, like maybe three or four months ago, so, so we picked one off on Amazon. Yeah. So now I gotta, you know, I figure something out there. But in the meantime, there's a um, Z's Coffee Shop has. They sell, oh, you can like buy the fine grain. You can yeah. grind it yourself. Okay. And so I go and um, get the grind, and um, I have a friend who was a she was a barista mm-hmm. at Z's actually back yeah. in the day, and so she's giving me some pointers, and it's fun. Like there's like it's there's a lot of give to everything. There's like. Yeah. Man, it's I don't know, but there's nothing like a good shot of espresso or like a. It's just I don't know. It's hard yeah. to. I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I, anyway, I've been having a blast just like trying to figure it all out. Right. So right. yeah, it's good. And yeah. it's not like a huge time investment. It's like well, I want a coffee. Let's see if I can do it a little better this time. And like take yeah. three minutes. And, right. Yeah. You keep practicing. And yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. It's good. So I learn a little bit more. Read a little bit more. And mm-hmm. anyway, it sounds trivial and small, but it makes me happy. <laughs> I think improving in anything uh, is a worthwhile endeavor, yeah. and uh, it's also a fun endeavor to to uh, get better at something. I think, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I'd agree. My uh, my project this this spring. Um, I don't have one particular project, but um, one thing that I'm working on right now is building a jig for. Uh, 
for cross-cutting plywood um, both straight and making sure that I don't have tear out. Uh, when, when I built my last, uh, the last thing I built was a Christmas gift for my girlfriend. And it was an entryway table. I had a tremendous amount of problem with both cutting a straight cut with a circular saw and also having tear out with plywood because the plywood has a veneer on it. It's very yeah. thin. Uh, when you run a circular saw through it, it's going to, especially when you do a cross grain cut, yeah. it rips the thing right out. So, I mean, there's a couple of ways you can address that. Um, what I'd done in the past was to uh, use a knife to cut through it before you do the circular saw. And that's, you know, supposed to make sure there's less tear out. And I, okay. I, I did have that and that was fine, but it wasn't enough. Um, so the tear out's not been a problem. And, uh, then, uh, also, um, uh, cutting a straight line is also a little bit of an issue. I, when I was building that entryway, um, table, uh, things weren't 100% straight. So it was just like a little bit off. So, um, one thing I'm trying to do is, is build this cross cut jig this, um, this spring, uh, which will help me address both those issues. It's a very simple jig to build. You you basically uh, you take a factory edge on a piece of plywood, which is something that's guaranteed to be a 90-degree angle. Uh, you cut it the appropriate way, and then you use that to be a fence to your circular saw. Oh, okay. And uh, you use that as a straight edge, basically, okay. to lay on top of the plywood so that when you cut it... Uh, you don't get the tear out because it's pushing down on the the veneer. How is it pushing down? Like, how are you putting the? You lay down? the you lay the um, the wood on top of the cut you're about to make, and so when the circular saw pushes up, oh. it's actually pushing down huh. on the on the veneer, so it keeps it in one piece while you cut through it. Huh. And also, you know you. You clamp it down in, in such a way that that factory edge is your straight edge, and so you straight. So it helps you cut both straight lines and keeps you um, keeps your uh, tear out to a minimum. So mm-hmm. two, two birds, one stone. Uh, that's that's the thing I'm building right now. Uh, I'm also going to. I have a bunch of scrap wood, so I'm trying to figure out. I, I have an idea for some some end tables that I'd like to build with the scrap wood. I want to build several of them and uh, resell them. Nice. So that that'll be my uh, that'll be my spring project. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's my uh, that's my plan for this this spring. Mm-hmm. Do the jig, do a couple more pieces of furniture, uh, and keep on moving down the road. Nice. Uh, building furniture and and all that stuff is all about you know. Keeping trying and yeah and going and building new things learning and, and you know screwing it up and mm-hmm. bad things that happen and then keep going so, yeah yeah that's life in a nutshell right exactly so if I can keep doing that then I can keep uh, keep getting it done so speaking of repetition yeah now that I've had a few more sips of the zipline mm-hmm. I, I I think the way to describe this. Is it just it's a good beer, but it doesn't have any heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just nothing. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to like when I have a, a Deschutes beer. Like I taste yeah. it, I'm like, oh, that tastes like a Deschutes beer. It's got a yeah. characteristic about it. 
Yeah. This just doesn't have that. Okay, Glenn. Well, we get that figured out. All right. Well, that's the end of episode 110. Mm. We have, you know, at least 110 more to go. At least. If we make it that far. I'm wondering when we're going to move from Lawrence to Las Vegas. When Gentleman is going to... If we get the, the subsidies the <laughs> that we asked for, we, we're asking for at least 5 million subsidies mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. If that gets approved, we may move on to Las Vegas. We on, Our Las stadium Vegas. needs are minimal. We only need like a two to three person stadium. Yes. Um, probably two. Yeah. Two would be optimum. Yeah. It's uh, kind of how we roll. Right. Um, if the city of Lawrence matches our demands then we won't have to move but there's a very finite amount of time that they have clock's ticking exactly I'm not confident that they're going to be able to match it they haven't yet but uh, hopefully they will and we can stay here in Lawrence and not worry about it so much so much uh, clock's ticking anyway Glenn well we'll we'll get back to that uh, in two weeks uh, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Liz Sansbury. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks for episode 111. Thanks for listening tonight. Good night. Adios, muchachos.